I got a slap and pop, dude. Have you ever written a song with slaps and pops in it? Yeah. I, okay. In the Sapiens. In your, oh, I was going to say Way modern back. era. No. No, no, no. I stopped, I stopped slapping. Sapiens had slapping? Yeah, we had one that went... That was a good song, actually. Our first, uh, our first album, We Don't Make the Rules. Who does? Our first EP. We Don't Make the Rules. The song was called DUI. Wow. So stupid. Sapiens. Yeah, dude. It's... Uh... Oh, you know what I was going to ask you? What's up? And I don't know if it's on the docket for today, but I, I was don't gonna, know. I was going to ask you about, are you switching that pot out of your... Uh, you were talking about switching the oh, pot. Oh, I didn't have that on the, on the docket. On your 330. Did you order a pot? I did not order a pot, David. I was going to say this, and I don't remember if I texted you this the other day. I, didn't, I don't believe you did. Putting those new pots in my jazz bass is like the best thing I ever did. That's right. You did. You and used. it did not... You didn't remind me of that, but you have said that. A lot of people, like the purists, would be like upset. They'd be like, oh, you're not using the original pots. Like, dude, if it makes it sound better and just work better, it's all for the better. You still got the original pickups in there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like you're throwing away the old pot. Should you nah. need to give, get it appraised? Throw by it in the old trash pawn can. Pawn Star someday. But <laughs> That's where I take my guitars. Pawn Stars. It's pawn Stars, Nevada. It's not even Las Vegas no more. Yeah, it's just Pawn Stars. That show's still on, I think, isn't it? I have no idea. I, have I, no clue. I, I used to. I, I'm not proud of how deeply I used to love that show back in the day. Me too. Like I, you know, saw every episode for I, many seasons. And it was the unspoken thing where like I knew it was kind of scripted. Oh, sure. But but now it's like just like almost obnoxiously scripted, you know? I honestly have not watched it in years and now at this point because it got clips. to the point where it just sort of like, I just was like, yeah, I don't I know like I've seen too many articles about how these things weren't actually sold and yep. you know afterwards there were there was weird lawsuits and blah blah blah. I remember blah, blah, blah. there was one where they had that guitar expert guy. Oh yeah. And uh he was like the rock and roller with Captain like ponytail. flame tattoos and a ponytail, his like uh guitar center shirt on and stuff. And that guy um <laughs> He somebody brought in like an old Gibson acoustic and he told them to refinish it. He's like, we're going to have to take the finish. I off think this. I think that that does that does ring a bell. I don't know if it happened. I don't know what, what they did with it. But the guy wanted to get it appraised. And he's like, it's not going to be worth anything until you refinish it. And I'm going. And it was right when I was like learning about guitars and that shit. Like uh-huh. vintage shit. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. I think I stopped watching it after that point. Good man. It got me really upset. I'm going to get another beer because uh, I'm crushing this one. Right Dude, now. fucking hey, go grab it. You know what we should do? Let's just start the show that we basically already started. Uh, what was that? What was that little slap and pop riff that you did? Gearbuds Podcast, episode 159. That's oh, yeah. right, right? Yep. 159, 159. Is that right? Or are we on 160? That is a, that's an interesting series of Shit. odd numbers with with four digits in between each. Damn. Nice. I uh, count too much in my brain. Damn, dude. My name's Henry. His name's Dave. Hi. He introduced himself last week, and it just, I don't know. I like I liked doing it this way a little better. <laughs> that was, it threw us off a little bit. A little bit, bit yeah. It took us a minute to recover. This is our podcast gearbuds podcast and we're coming at you live from chicago illinois and it's raining again we've had two days of sun in the last i believe 47 eight days something like that it's been brutal yeah and seeing that made me even more sad 
Because this weather has taken a toll on me, man. I think so. me too. Yeah. Thank, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I'm glad me we too. have this. Um, me too. It's okay to not feel okay, and I don't feel okay right now. Yeah, I don't either. It's been it's been rough. We had that one day of sun a couple of days ago, and it just it felt like I I knew how much ha- instantly I was happier. Just yeah, forced, I for even I just like was like I'm gonna cancel this meeting and go. Yeah, I went outside just sun. to like take the garbage out and stand in the sun for a second. And you know what else? I, I didn't know this, but they count. They don't count a day of sun unless it's seventy percent of the daytime daylight is sun right. coming through, and not just like behind a bunch of clouds and mm-hmm. shit. So, yeah, it's been pretty gloomy it's here. Been pretty gloomy, but not anymore. This this podcast is a beacon of sunlight in sure my is, otherwise man. gloomy week. Sometimes, so thanks for being here with me, Dave. I'm happy to be here today because I'm happy, uh, we've man. got some good stuff to talk about. Let's we'll talk about it. In the Symphony of Corrections, which we talk about every week, uh, here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you for listening to this jibba-jabba coming from a mouse. We are so thankful that for anyone who ever reaches out, talks to us, listens, does anything for us. We love all of you deeply. So thank you for that. <clears throat> Follow us on the stuff. Subscribe on the stuff. Email us at the stuff gearbuds podcast at gmail dot dot com. That'd be an interesting gmail dot com. <laughs> And uh, we like to shout out people who reach out. I noticed on Instagram we got a little question from or a little a little, uh, little idea starter from our buddy uh, over at Blackworm Instruments. Oh yeah, and he just wanted to say, "Hey, what are your thoughts on Reaper and, and the software? The software." And 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 the here's the thing. I don't remember the exact comment, so we might need your help on this one because the way he said it, I thought it might be sort of like there might be something controversial or spicy and we love something controversial Ooh, and spicy yeah. to talk about in the symphony but i'm just not aware of anything controversial and spicy with reaper i know oh. my experience with it was it was a free basic i think it was free when i used it back like years ago i was free daw and it seemed very full featured and i know some people like it a lot we i i think we talked about this not to, like a long time ago or at some point did we, something yeah, happen yeah i think what they did was everybody who downloaded it for free i think they wanted to start charging them to use it and like lock people out of the software. Like they, I could be wrong. Or they like did something weird with their data or something. I, yeah, yeah I or maybe we, they gave out. Data. You know, we've done we've done 159, shady. actually more than 159 <laughs> of these, and my brain uh, doesn't retain all of it. So, so which is sometimes it's shocking to me how much does stay in there sometimes. Yeah. But like I used to remember episode numbers and stuff. Yeah, nah, forget it. It's dude. all gone. Yeah, um, yeah. But Reaper, as far as a software, when it came out, it was the it was a great version of free simple recording software yeah it worked with a lot of different interfaces and it had good converters and it was flexible i yeah i I feel like maybe max used it i don't know i knew so i definitely had some friends that used reaper for sure and um audacity was kind of the other one right that was that was the definitely free one i remember i used audacity i bought my first i had a turntable when i was a little kid but my first one like back into the game when i was i think 20 or 21 i got one of those uh ion Mm -hmm. usb turntables i had one of those and I was like, well, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. I can use it to listen to it's my records. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to import so many albums. Yep. And ask me how many albums I ever imported, David. Zero albums. Zero albums. <laughs> because it sounded like poo-poo. Because I tried it and it didn't work right. I could never get it to work. Yeah. And uh, you know what I had but to it, do? The reason I, it came with Audacity, I remember. Oh, that. yeah, that's right. A, a, like a little, a, a, I believe on a an installer disc at the time still. The, uh, the tone arm, in mine at least, didn't have a weight on it. Like, so oh. it could just go down or up, like you could just manually set it down. I, I taped yeah. a quarter to it to keep the needle from bouncing off of Dude, the- Dude, that's, uh, that's a little, little hot tip A little tone David. tip right there. A little tone tip. But uh, also, I don't recommend doing that because if it's too heavy, it will scratch your records. Nah, but, uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Whew. Well, so yeah, thanks for reaching yeah. out. I don't know. Uh, t- maybe let us know if there's something that we missed. We love hearing yeah. about the controversial stuff. And then Absolutely. just 
getting into it in the old symphony here sometimes. Uh, and you know what I noticed this? This is, has nothing to do with gear, but it does have something to do with podcasts. I got an email saying that podcasts will no longer be available on Facebook starting June 3rd, 2022. Is that like the audio posts? Like mm-hmm. when we do the post? Where it just like episode. automatically right. takes the RSS feed. And then um, it says your existing podcast will remain available and new episodes will continue to publish until that date. Okay. But after, yeah, I just, I don't, it's I don't like think anybody ever. No harm, no foul. I never, I honestly, if there's an interface where a podcaster can go and see statistics from that particular function of Facebook, I'm not aware of it. So I, the point is I never looked. That so would I'm really be the only upside, I suppose, to have, to having that on Facebook, like the audio file. If Facebook. people actually listen to it there. I guess, and if I you know. strictly listen to it on Facebook, I'm really I'm sorry. sorry. Contact yeah. us. We'll find you another we'll, means. We'll, we'll, I'll send you a link. Yeah. David, you mentioned something before. I've been calling you David. I don't know if that's, that's okay. You know, it's my my legal name. It so. is. Uh, you mentioned at the top of the show before, maybe be, even before these folks, fine folks, listening get to hear. You're having some pedalboard wo- woes, and yeah. you're having a juicy PB dilemma. And I want to know what it was. I am, and I just want to run this by you really quick, and maybe to our listeners. I so I've I've never been a pedal man. You hmm. know, uh, I've never been a pedal person. David Veller, pedalman, 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 and. I've gotten a, a nice collection of pedals. I'm very mm-hmm. happy with the pedals I have. I don't. I don't feel like I need any more. Dude, pedals. let me take a pause to say I feel like you've actually stepped up quite a bit in that world recently. You've gotten. Yeah. You've just really gotten more d- down into the the tone tweaky bass world, which and is really of, exciting. I yeah, like that. Yeah, and I've been happy with like knowing what I want, and then reaching out to guys like you and guys like my friend John, who could kind of guide me in what I might need. Yeah. Um, that being said, I have. So it's really about the board right now. I've got a show coming up May 18th at the Golden Dagger mm. in Chicago. If you guys are listening, come Get check it out. Get that plug in, son. Had to throw it out there. But, Love it. But this goes to the, the, the what I'm saying is the board that I have right now, and you've seen it, it's one of those SKB. It's a powered board. I believe powered it's like board. the PB45 or it's, something. Yeah, it is. SK45 yeah. And it's shit. massive and brand new. They're <laughs> like 300 bucks. They're not cheap boards. Um it's got the big cable on it. It's got all the, you know, it's got the extra. I had the uh, the Furman version of that back in the day. Okay, yeah. So it, and it's got the extra plugs and everything. I love it. Um, it's it's way too massive. Mm-hmm. Unless I go in there and really start like, you know, velcroing down. I'm basically going to play four pedals at this show, mm-hmm. including my tuner. So really three pedals. And I don't know if I want to bring all of that real estate onto a tiny stage. Um, but my woe is that one i really like this board it mm-hmm. sounds great for my space i like leaving everything hooked up i don't have anything velcroed down so i can move stuff around it's great for recording and stuff like that and the other issue is i you know i'm a little uh I'm a little low on the funds right now as far as my what i can spend money on to have fun sure. with the way it happens to all of us. yeah and uh I'm, you know pedal boards as you know are not cheap not at all uh even used ones mm-hmm. and i you know i got a good deal on this one i had a buddy who was moving out of town he couldn't take it with him he sold to me for like 50 bucks yeah, and that's awesome. and the problem also with this board i should mention uh one of the latches is broken for the lid I do so to that. bring it with it would be a whole ordeal of like trying not to move it around too much Kinda, what are you thinking well i don't know this is why i wanted to what talk are the to three you. what are the pedals that you need okay to so um we've got the fuzz god first yes fuzz first then we've got the gray spec which is a smaller footprint um mm-hmm. overdrive pedal then I have the uh, the Meridian um, uh, octave pedal, dude. Take that little the take, take my little this little pedal. Well, I right can't here. take your pedal. Board. I insist. Oh, I can't do that. I insist. Do you I know mean, how many times I've used that live? I'm a, Zero. Oh, I've just all when that's you, that's only. Have you always I, had that? I've had that for many years. I've had it since my Zounds days. It's literally just always been like a backup to have around, but I have no use for it. Are just you fucking, sure, dude? I insist because I mean, because the re- the reason is I was th- I, I asked what pedals 
I was thinking, I was how thinking about how, well, not even that, but like how because that that isn't particularly deep, but all of those pedals fit. Yeah, like and, and with and with then that. the Boss TU two tuner and the tuner, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, at I the end, I mean, all that would be. I mean, yeah, that's, I insist. Wow, that's very generous. Of course, of you, it's perfect. It's perfect for that, dude. That it's my. It is. It's a. It's a perfect little baseboard. So. If I use that, do I don't want to like? Do I have to Velcro everything down? How does that all work? I mean, you could. You don't have to. Yeah, this ha- it has Velcro on there. So if you have Velcro on the back of the, because I, I might say, and this is you know, this is a little bit like on the uh, on the cheap end, but I, I have like the you know the Spider AC adapter, which probably isn't like that great. You know the the eight output, um, the with, eye spot. Yeah, with and that, I could just put them on the ground. Like it's a quick, you know, it's, it's quick to set up for with pedals. that pedal board. The, it's all analog except for the tuner which is at the end i i mean typically i would probably prefer always having a little little isolated power supply right but with those four pedals dude honestly i don't think it's going to be that big i think you could get away with a, just a one spot like fucking daisy chain well, that's what i was going to do yeah and and then just not even have a board because i mean honestly it's like it's it's going to take up you know 12 inches of real tell me this does does your boss tuner does it also does it have like, does it have two power so you can actually like run a daisy chain power off of the pedal? No, I don't believe so. <laughs> that might just be the TU3. Yeah, I, it's the, I have the TU2. Yeah. Either and, way. And well, here's the other thought. So, and that's really generous of you to offer me that. But of course. Here's the other thought I was having um, in, in, you know, thinking about investing into this and hopefully starting to play more shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to just buy another pedal board and then have like what I do with this old one now. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I can sell it, but I kind of like it. I like all the, power features on it i mean it's got three prong you know um adapters the thing, and everything the thing with that board is that because i had the similar thing mm-hmm. is it also has all the like weird routing stuff on top mm-hmm. and it just like bothers me having extra features extra. and stuff that i don't use yeah and i never and i and i had some stuff set up with that i actually i used well, i was guitar teching for this band sons at a show once and the dude had the same this skb one and he had it all routed through that and it took a dump and we had to like while they were setting up on stage during soundcheck like rip all that apart oh so you're saying if i wired it yeah in which i don't i actually so my point is that like when anything whenever anything has extra features like that that i don't use my thought is always like oh i need to simplify get rid of this get something it's more things that can break exactly or Or just like i I don't know there's something about i just don't like have anything's things going to waste yeah for some reason because i you know you know me i've never been a big like i I just think it's dude. Just 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 take this one, and then thing. we'll get you. We'll find. Maybe I'll one try of those it out. Just try gig. it out. Yeah. All right, maybe dude. I, I think will. it'll be perfect. All right, well, I'll shout it, you out. Look at how look at how perfect the size is. Where is it? It's right. It's underneath. Oh, it's underneath the blankie. Oh. It has four pedals on there right now, doesn't it? Yeah. It's perfect. That size. would fit perfectly. Yeah. Is there, it's so, so tiny? It has it, po- it has a bag. Too. Is it powered then, or do do no, I use my use your You use the one spot. Yeah, which is what I'm doing. Exactly all I'm doing. Okay. Yeah, and I have one of those. All right. Fuck man, that'd it's be got awesome, and it's dude. got a bag with a in like a pocket on the front. Really? So you can pull your oh, that's sweet. Tone man. tubes. I appreciate that. Of course, dude. That's really cool. That's a gearbuds way. Oh man, well, look at that. Just given problem solved, son. Okay, yeah, I, I guess it. I wasn't inadvertently trying to ask. If I, I know could you use weren't. your pedal board, but I appreciate that. I, I mean, forgot you, you even had that thing. And it was underneath the blanket. It was. So how would you? How would you even know? Was Sophie? Uh, she's laying on that one now. Or? No, that's when I'm when I'm working over here. I sometimes kick my legs up over. Uh, on that. Okay. It's like the perfect spot to nice, put my dude. legs up. So oh, yeah, I'll put a little blanket. Well, that's there's, cool. Like, there's sharp pedals underneath there. So no more pedal board woes until you know. And I will. I think I will probably end up buying now. Which one is that? The pedal train? It's like a. It's a pedal train Nano or something like that. It's over. Dude, that thing's like seriously i've had it for like over 10 years probably. right okay it's i don't even know if they make that exact particular model but they make something in the same footprint and i'm sure you have gone down the pedal board rabbit hole of like you know even buying used and stuff i mean 
some of this stuff is I've like had insanely so many pedal, different pedal boards yeah. throughout the years. I'm very happy with the I settled on it. I went, dude, after I had a number of different pedal trains, got a bunch of different ones, got a custom one, got all this different stuff, wound up back with, with a pedal train again. And then yeah. I just bought a really fancy chocks power supply okay and a fancy switcher so that then, would be my yeah. move is to get a real power supply. absolutely yeah yeah and they do the, for uh for boards that size now they make even small like real skinny sort of yeah low profile yeah, i wouldn't ones. need like a eight no not a no giant big boy yeah. cool. so wow that's awesome that's great all right you know, while we're talking about bases i want i thought this was interesting uh i saw this week that chuck rainey who uh you know we'll talk about a little bit but a very Famous played on a player. lot of uh, Steely Dan stuff, right? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Uh, is going to receive an honorary doctorate of music from Berkeley. Uh, oh, cool! In, in this month, class of twenty twenty two. But you know, I, I as we we're as I saw this, I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! I'd love to see it." And then I was like, "You know what? I don't really feel like I know enough about Chuck Rainey." And I read this article, and it was, it was Base Magazine actually. So I want to just talk a little bit about Chuck Rainey. Uh, born in Cleveland, raised in Youngstown, Ohio. Didn't didn't know either of those facts. Uh, widely regarded as one of the most prolific bl- bass players in music. Um, let's see. He's been in countless recordings, television shows, and motion pictures. Was in the military. Uh, then uh, soon after, uh, became a studio and concert staple of major artists in the 60s and 70s. Recording and touring with legends Sam Cooke, Etta James, Donny Hathaway, Harry Belafonte, The Supremes, Aretha Franklin, Steely Dan, and Quincy Jones. Wow. Holy shit. That's, I mean, <laughs> all the greatest bass lines in one, oh one guy. God. What a monster, dude. Uh, dude, check this out. Unique bass lines can be heard on theme songs of seminal sitcoms, including Sanford and Son and The Jeffersons. No shit. Yeah. That's cool. And his contributions to music education extend to textbooks, magazine columns, and then uh, actually writing higher education curriculum. 17 platinum gold records, bass player magazine, lifetime achievement award, Lane College Alumni Hall of Fame credit, uh, to a uh, Hall of Fame award to his credit, now honorary doctor from Berkeley. Yeah. When you say Chuck Rainey, it's like, the the bass world the bass player world is like oh he's definitely up there with the best like the top five ever but you know most people i would consider him underrated because most people just don't know the name his name never comes up you've heard all the songs i mean do i have to read that read him again again? just read him again dude sam cook etta james donny hathaway harry belafonte the supremes aretha steely dan and quincy jones fuck man wow and then like i said sanford and son and the jeffersons theme song that's That's fantastic wild so i just wanted to highlight that because i thought that was really cool yeah well good for him man that's really cool here's something that could have been originally was a bfi and we missed it i don't know how we missed it and has now turned into a gfi well i love those and it's an article you sent me this week my friend dave uh, from guitar world magazine okay about the brian jonestown massacre having their stolen gear recovered. yes yes how did we miss that they had their stuff stolen to begin with we didn't talk yeah about we didn't that. talk about that did it? it it happened back in april it was in april so it wasn't that long ago we were taking our eyes off the ball here well you know what was interesting so are they from portland because it was the portland they found the stuff in portland right I know that they're definitely North Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I thought it was Washington, but I, it could it could be. Yeah, it could be. Um, by the way, one of the best documentaries ever is Dig. Oh, if you guys 100%. haven't seen it, it's in my top five for sure of all time. It's not even just in my top five of gear doc or music documentaries. I would say just like top. Yeah, right. Yeah, documentary I, I, films. I watched it probably twenty times back in the yeah, day. And yeah. then I had it was a double disc DVD and on second yeah. DVD there was so much extra content. So much wild shit. Yeah. Uh, they, but anyways, that's if you, great. If you didn't know anybody out there, police in Portland have recovered a collection of guitar gear worth around fifty thousand dollars stolen from Brian Jonestown massacre. It was uh, guitars, basses, acoustics, and pedals, and they were uh, they're on tour at the time, uh, and it was stolen from their trailer attached to their tour bus. Yeah, and it sounds like um, 
Sounds like they found it at a homicide uh, site. Dude, so we'll get to that. But That's crazy. So the list of gear is actually pretty impressive. A, a Red Vox Ultrasonic 12-string. He had re- he has really interesting guitars. He has and, good taste. Anton Newcomb. Yeah. Vox, a Vox Starstream 12-string, a, a Gibson 335 12-string, a Jazz Bass, a Harmony Sovereign, and an Echo Acoustic, and then a um, bunch of pedals and cables and all that sort of I stuff. I thought too. the list was interesting because it wasn't super specific. Like I've seen lists of stolen gear where they're like, they have the serial numbers, they yeah, know the year right. of everything. But if you think of the era that he kind of grew up playing and all that, they were just tools, you know? So he's like, I know what the mo- the model is, like Fender Jazz Bass. No, that's actually a 75 Fender Jazz Bass. You know, I mm-hmm. looked pretty closely at it. So it's like, you know, they don't look at it. I got, one, don't of, I got one, it. of yeah, one of those. They, they don't look at it like, you know, but it, it was definitely, I'm so glad it was recovered. Me too. And, and like was, you said, yeah, it does. It was really, it was really shady that everything was all there. And then it was just at this yeah, scene of some other crime where it was recovered, man, and like drugs and and murder were involved. Yeah. So there might be a, a true crime podcast in the works about yeah. that little gearbud spinoff. Little gearbud uh, mur- spin. If they need us to come buds, in and, and talk, you know, can, uh, can analyze it. Get all those ear, ear balls listening. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, he, I actually, I, I, I thought this quote was interesting. He says, I, he says, Anton Newcomb says, he says, yeah. I use my gear to create music six days a week to feed my family and employ my friends. These are the tool of my craft, no different than a truck full of tools used in construction or any other trade. Yep. So it goes back to what I was saying, how they just, you know, he knows what they are, but, you know, I wouldn't say he's he's maybe not necessarily like a major, major gearhead. He just uses them as tools. Yeah. Close with this. He said, I'm incredibly fortunate and have been blessed in so many ways. Let's spread that magic around and help people in need together. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Turn it into a little GFI. uh, what? what I always like got? to check in about Antoine, you know, because you just don't know. You know, he was he's a friend of a friend. I've never actually met him myself, but I have some friends that were good friends. It's with good him. to know that he's still out there doing and, thing. Yeah, I, I've, I, dude, I've. It, they're a band where I've never really actively listened to a lot of their music. There were some songs that I liked, but I just th- always thought they were the coolest. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I'm a fan, even though I don't really listen to their stuff mm-hmm. that much. Agreed. And uh, one last thing for the symphony here, uh, and this is I would I would I, you know I think it depends on your perspective, but I think anybody listening to this already already knows where we stand on these motherfuckers. But uh, I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal saying, and it was going all around the the, the webs this week, uh, talking about how NFT sales are flatlining, and I just oh. wanted to throw that in the GFI section <laughs> real fast. That, uh, Moving right along, uh, uh, chuck, th- chuckle a little bit, and uh, and uh, yeah, so NFTs uh, not doing so good. Uh, I guess the, based on data from the website non-fungible uh, there are currently around 19,000 daily sales of NFTs down 92% from the peak in September. Talk about a thing that was really, I mean, such, I mean, we did a whole episode about it <sighs> and crypto and, and all uh, apples. Talk about something that just rised and fell as yeah. far as popularity goes. Uh, meanwhile, the number of active wallets being used to buy and sell has fallen by 88%. Wow. Uh, it was at, 119,000 at its high down to 14,000. Here's the thing. Yes, that's that's I I feel I feel good dunking on NFTs because I don't like them and I feel like they're bad for the environment in this world, but also uh it I don't think it's probably as all gloom and doom as that might seem. Sure. It, this is as this article says because, you know, just because there isn't as many active users. There's still a ton of money in it in general. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, I do feel a certain amount of pride or joy, I guess, whenever I see like people having their stuff stolen 
because it's like, yeah. why did you spend $6 million on, on a, a JPEG? Anyways? Yeah, it's a JPEG, dude. Like, here you go. <laughs> and the copy is made. Uh, but, you know, I don't like to spend other people's money for them, but we know where we stand. I, it's just, I, I've been, it's been, I've been happy to see so many people hating on NFTs because right. of this article. But then also, the more that I've thought about it and looked into it, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't think it, I don't really think they're necessarily going away. I think there was just like a huge spike and now it's maybe sort of, it's just going to just kind of level more. off. Yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, and it's just, I do the, th- there are some interesting ideas, but the th- most people are just using it for stupid. It's basically just an, a JPEG that is then attached to like a physical thing that you get when it's right. like you're, so you're just buying a physical thing and then you're calling it an NFT. Yeah. Like I, I, I just don't really feel like we've found the killer app or solution or whatever it is Mm-mm. use of this yet to like have any real, well, was it last week or a couple it? weeks ago we talked about the Gibson one just kind of didn't tank or something or well, they, yeah, right. That was on that one weird exchange. Like you can have a photo of the guitar or something. You can yeah, all invest in a guitar that you'll never get to play. <laughs> okay. And I like looking at guitars, but I don't like, spending a lot of money got for some snake oil for it. yeah got a know. bridge to sell you down in some swamp there land. you go buddy my buddy it's time to get that phone out with some notes because it's time it's time it's time for dave's docs it's time it's time it's time for dave's docs and notes i have today my friend what is what is happening so what do you, got for us? you ever start off with a doc and you're kind of pumped and then Right around the last, you know, you watch an hour of it, and then the last half hour, you're like, this could be over now. I'm good. Sometimes they drag it in too long. Oh, yeah. You're like, we got the really, the arc of the story already happened, and now it's just coasting on, like, its laurels. What happened? What are we talking about here? And this was recommended. Who hurt you? Liam Gallagher hurt me. Mm. Those those tricky Oasis boys, those, what are they up to again? Those those scouts, Mancunian. Now, now, if you want to go back to one of our very early episodes, probably one of the earliest Dave's docs, I did one on Supersonic, which was an Oasis documentary. Oh. Remember that? No. Oh, okay. Well, I did. <laughs> I think it was pre-pandemic. I think it was, we had even had a guest on or something possibly. But um, Dude, I'm going to say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We need to, we need to create. The spreadsheet. The spreadsheet. Just, or at least just a, a link on the, yeah, on the freaking webpage that we pay for. Uh, well, anyways, super watch if you want to get Oasis stock, watch Supersonic. This one is not that. What is it called? This is called Liam Gallagher as it was. And what's the deal? Was it a recent doc or when did it come out? 2019. Okay, so it's a new doc, um, newish, and it's about his his revival from like what happened after Oasis broke up. So this is kind of interesting because I didn't know all this stuff and. First of all, don't underestimate the the amount of how famous and the amount of love that people had for Oasis. I mean, in, in the Especially U.S. Especially in Europe, right? Yeah, in the U.K. and like even like South America and stuff like, you know, in the U.S., obviously they were a big band. A lot of people liked them. They were big in the 90s, but they got compared to a lot of other 90s bands. But they were so fucking big in the, I mean, maybe the biggest band in the world in you know in the uk at least in their own fucking minds for sure i mean when you're when you're playing like glastonbury and there's like fucking two hundred thousand people out there like that's you know that's big you're headlining um david i don't know if you remember this about me but i just like as 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 interesting and necessary as i think they're i just give zero fucking fucks about the band oasis and the music so it's like i i i'm I'm excited to hear where this goes because it's wonderwall is a good song man anyway here's (laughs) an oasis song um, I think you just, I'm not going to, I just like, I, I'm not going to convince you to like Oasis cause I'm, they're not one of my is. favorite bands, but, uh, We're I am making so many people cringe. Wait, hold on. I have an important question for you before I forget it. Sure. Uh, how, can you do a Liam impression? It's fucking right. <laughs> Piss off. 
We're done. <laughs> so offensive little, to any of our UK I caught a little. Dude, that's why I do it. I caught a little Spinal Tap in there. It's so. all I know. Mm-hmm. Spinal Tap and like a little Mick Jagger. Perfect. Thank, um, you. Thank you for giving me a belly laugh. Okay, let's go. What do we got? So anyways. What I, happened? You I never really knew what happened. stuff you didn't know about. Well, do you know that when they broke up, um, they were always fighting. The two brothers, Noel and Liam, were always fighting. Always. Yeah. Like since their whole story. Well, this this movie starts in the Paris 2009. Um, they're playing Paris 2009. They're playing a sold-out festival crowd, headlining, and they get in such a big fight backstage that, like, I think, like, according to Liam, who made this documentary, so that's also <laughs> what makes it a little cringy, um, he said that Noel uh, took his guitar and, like, smashed it on the ground. And he's like, I wouldn't have cared that much, but it was a, it was a gift from a friend. So I took his guitar and I smashed his guitar. And then they got in this big fight, physical altercation they just didn't go out on stage that night so where a lot of times they would fight and noel would clean up the mess he would go out and do performances right without leo. Yeah. For, so for people who don't know liam is like the taller like the lead singer. singer guy noel's the guitar player and they both wrote the songs um but i think noel had a lot more to do with the songs to be honest anyways noel would go and finish shows well they didn't do that that night so they got in this huge fucking fight and that was it they quit the band noel quits the band he's like fuck you go do what you want now i did not know this they formed a new band called BDI right yeah, yeah, right yeah. afterwards. I didn't know it was right after, but I know about BDI, yeah. They never stopped touring. They they basically went, they obviously ended the Oasis tour. I'm sure like the contracts were ended for all their festivals. Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, whatever. We're going to start, we're going to keep this band going without Noel. So it was all the rest of the guys, which I didn't know. And they went, and then they're playing like smaller clubs and like they're selling out and shit. Mm-hmm. They still have a huge following, but they're not doing these festivals. They did that for like four more years. So they're just completely burning out because they had already been touring for like fucking 20 years. Yeah. You know? Um, Wow. Yeah. Completely burned out. Then Liam gets into the news. There's kind of all this shit where it's like he got a divorce. He owed his wife 5.5 million pounds in a divorce. That's a lot of money. Yeah, dude. Uh, Yes. Dude, look up some of those rock star divorce costs. Like the Paul McCartney one, I think, was especially high. That was a big boy. So anyways, yeah. So that happened. Um he goes on Twitter and he's just like tweeting like a fucking madman. He's losing his mind, obviously. And the in the the film is kind of following this. They're talking about it, but they're kind of showing footage from it. And he's going fucking nuts. So he goes to Italy and he's like, "All right, I'm going to start like a new group." So he starts writing some music in Italy. And this is kind of a fun part. He goes to he goes to Ireland and he's with his manager and I think his old guitarist Bonehead, who was one of the guitar players in Oasis. Bonehead. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that. And uh, I guess his legal name. I have no idea. (laughs) Um, So he's going around Ireland and they're just going to they're just going to pubs. Like that's all they're doing. Like it's the middle of the day. They have a driver just take him around to pubs and they're Uh just doing a pint of Guinness at each pub, doing shots, whatever, going around. And finally, like he goes to one and he's hammered and somebody has a guitar and they like hand it to him and he starts playing one of his new songs. And I didn't know this and I'm sure you can look up the video, but it goes fucking totally viral because people didn't really know where he was. He was kind of in hiding. Oh, shit. shit. So he plays this song and it's kind of a cool. Now I'm kind of into the doc. I'm like, all right, this is kind of neat. Yeah. He's got this kind of like, uh, you know, rising from the ashes kind of story, even though he's like kind of a dickhead, Um, you know, and of course the film paints him as like this like nice guy because he made it yeah like they show him like giving these kids like free tickets to his show and it's just like all right dude um the video goes viral he, he only has like three songs he's got to write 10 so he hires like musicians to help him write the rest they didn't really get into that i don't know who wrote the songs mm-hmm. for the record but uh so was it a liam gallagher record then yeah it's just point? called liam gallagher <clears throat> yeah and you can find it. it's on spotify i went and listened to it because i was very curious mm-hmm. some of the songs are pretty good now it's very songwritery you know as far as like you can you know up uh, out front acoustic, acoustic guitar chord changes <laughs> You know, and it sounds like Oasis, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's good, you know, and I enjoy Oasis, so I, I, I'm i into it. 
And then so he hires these guys. They do a recording at like Abbey Road, of course. They have to go to like the fucking craziest places. Why, why, why wouldn't you if you're yeah. in Gallagher? Um, this is kind of crazy. So they get there. There's kind of a little hype building around him, you know, because now people know that he's going to come out with some music. And they go to play their debut show before the record comes out. And it's in Manchester, a 2000 capacity venue called The Ritz. And the same day there was that Manchester Arena explosion that killed oh, 22 people at a shit, soccer game. Yeah. Dude, so he's got to go on that night. So they're like getting into Manchester and they're like, you didn't hear what just happened? Like, this is fucking nuts. So he's got to like turn it around. I'm kind of like, all right, this is a good doc. Like, this is interesting, you know, because he's got to like fight adversity and like try to get these people like happy. Yeah, where does it lose you? They lit all these candles for the stage and stuff. Well, we're only about like an hour into the movie. Uh So then I took a break because I was watching it yesterday and I was like, this is good. I'll I'll finish it tomorrow. So today I put it back on. Oh, and the the album's released. It goes to number one right away. So that's kind of where I stopped it. Now there's like 40 minutes left in the fucking movie. And then I start watching and I'm like, all right, this is footage of him like touring around in slow motion, being adored by like all of his fans and going to like starting to do festivals again. Oh man. Starting to do South America, Europe, uh, USA. Like he's touring all over. He's super famous again. It's basically Oasis again, but they're not playing Oasis songs, obviously. And I'm kind of like, all right, so where, what now? Oh, so he can't play any Oasis songs live? I don't think he does. Yeah, wow. I just what don't a bummer that would be to see Liam Gallagher and not see any. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, he's, he's got songs. some okay songs. Yeah. Um, two two albums out, and I think he just released a single too. Actually, ironically, so that's the next, the second so half the, of the movie. So is I would just say, like, like watch the first it. like hour of it. Um, it's it was interesting. It's a cool story. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of rooting for the guy, even though I know what a dick he is. Yeah. But then get this. So I, I stuck it out and I watched the rest of yeah. it. So sure enough, they're like, they sold out like somewhere in like Colombia or Brazil or something. They sold out this huge fucking festival. So we're right back to where we were at the beginning of Mm -hmm. the doc. He sings three songs and his voice starts going out. So he just walks off stage in front of all, I mean, all these fucking fans. People who are holding up signs that is like, Liam is God, like, you know, praise, like all these crazy things. They, they, I mean, people do do worship your voice goes out, you know? What that's a really good question. I wanted to ask you about that because my initial reaction is fuck it, just finish the fucking show. But how? Just do whatever, dance around or have like yeah. mouth the word, you know, sing the words and just have sing the them crowd best you can. sing for you. But he was like, "This is complete shit. <clears throat> this will be a waste of your time. I'm done." And he just walks off, and the band's like, "Uh," and they just take their instruments off and walk off stage. That's a bummer. So, and then the manager, they go, you know, they're doing interviews the whole doc and. He's like, yeah, it was it was Paris 2009 all over again because you had all these people like wanting to see the show and like we're so happy. And he's like, no, fuck you. And I was like, there could have been a better way to do that. I don't like kind of that sounds like that's a way more interesting ending than I was hoping than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, I'm still great again. But it's like, no, it's just like him. He's, oh, the, he's always going to be the same person. Oh, there was. Yeah, it didn't end right there. So that, you know, oh, oh. then he, then he's like, I have to go record my second album. They didn't really touch back on like how he recovered from that. And what I got from it was that. If you're just adored by people, they'll come see you no matter what, yeah. like no matter what you do. And and that's true with a lot of rock stars. So, yeah. so uh, then he's like, oh, I got to go record my second album. I hope it does well and stuff. And that's kind of where it ends. So saw some gear spots. Give me some gear spotties. Cherry Red 335, obviously. <clears throat> he plays uh, acoustic. He doesn't play any lead electric, but it was uh, he has a beat up old hummingbird. That's like really beat up. It's fucking awesome. I mean, that's like if you're going to have a cool Gibby beat up acoustic i feel like you got it it's the red burst one yeah yeah it's fucking sweet um there's a white non-reverse uh no it was a non-reverse headstock but a reverse body firebird Firebird. pickup yeah that was pretty cool and then there was a beat up 60s p bass that the bass player was playing so i was like that's cool uh i listened to both albums the 2017 one's more songwritery the 2019 one is a little more like 
uh, electric and stuff. So I kind of dug the 2019 mm-hmm. one um, as far as like a band thing. Uh, it was the mood I was in though. I was kind of like, this is really good. And then today I was like, this is shit. not so good. So I would say this, um, it's, con- it's for sure contrived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, as, I like that you pointed out who made it. Right? Yeah. And he's, I mean, it doesn't say like produced by, but it's like, he's being interviewed through the whole thing, mm-hmm. telling his side of the story, yeah. of course, which I don't know what happened to Noel Gallagher. I'm kind of confused. Like, I, I don't know he if he went to hiding. High Flying Birds was his band. I thought that was Liam's thing, wasn't it? Oh, maybe no, I'm, maybe I'm mixing I thought your up. BDI was Liam's thing. Well, it's just called Liam Gallagher, but I, I've heard of the High Flying Birds yeah, before. That was, I think that was Noel's band, at least at one point. Okay, maybe that's right. Oh, so, uh, I'm, I'm no Oasis expert. I would say this. If you want to watch the film, which is called As It Was, um, it's on Tubi for free. Tubi? Dude, Tubi. Sign up for the tubes. Tubi. You don't have to sign up. I don't even know what the Tubi is. I didn't sign up. I just clicked on it, and it just started playing. And there are, there are some... Uh, what, so, is it is it an app? Yeah, it's just like a website. It's like... Oh, it's a website. Yeah. I mean, you have to look for the film and then, you know, they have on the right side of Google, it's like, you know, how, oh, yeah, how yeah. to watch. Clicked on Tubi, it just started playing. So there are <laughs> there are a few uh, ads. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, this, this works. All right. Um, don't have to pirate this movie. That's great. So uh, as a documentary footage, the footage was awesome. The editing was awesome. Solid 8 out of 10. Uh, he's cool. 8 out of 10 what? Eight out of ten dickheads. <laughs> Thank you. But I will say this: he he's a dickhead, so I give him like a six out of ten. Uh-huh. So solid seven out of ten dickheads uh, overall. Overall, for for my opinion, average score. But you, dude, if you look up like top music documentaries that came out in the last five years, it's it's rated really high. What was it called again? It's called As It Was. As It Was. Which I think is the name of one of his albums or Probably songs. Probably some, so. some salsa. Anyways, Liam, I don't know. I wanted to like you, but at the end, I just didn't. So. Yeah, that, I think you pretty much described exactly where I stand on it, too. Yeah. And I didn't even have to watch the documentary yeah. to find it out. Thanks for doing that, Dave. That was a good watch. But I want to remind the listeners, if you do want a good Oasis documentary, it's actually a, a good documentary in general. Supersonic. Supersonic. It's very good. It is. Yeah, I mean, Oasis, I, I have to, I obviously, I like to... They're sort of like they're. I, I put Oasis like sub Red Hot Chili Peppers or or like the Police, like bands that I like to shit on. Yeah, you know, not quite. They're not as fun to shit on as Red Hot Chili Peppers right. or Three Eleven, but you know, and they're obviously talented. Of course, and yeah. wrote some massively huge influential yeah. songs, and people love Brit Pop and all that. It's, Banana, it's been funny because you know the well is running dry again for docs but i made a new list yesterday so oh I, there, there's some there's some stuff i could send you we talked about the one the uh sound of the summer or whatever it's yeah called. i know that's still on my list i gotta i gotta, I gotta find it so i don't know where it is i think it's on hulu maybe but it's i will on, say this something sometimes you gotta you know as as dave docs you know one of my you know one of my jobs is to watch docs that i might not like the person and i've got to give it an objective it is your duty you know, objective uh, rating. So Your Dave Doc Duty. Six, uh, seven out of ten dickheads. Love it. It's a pretty fair rating. Thanks for watching it. Thanks for telling us about yeah, it. Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> Let's dive into some future gear. Let's talk gear. Oh, I wanted to mention something that you brought to my attention because it's great. One of our good friends, Daredevil Pedals, pedals now available for sale on zounds.com. Awesome. When Congrats. Worlds that's, collide. Yeah, that's so great. good for him. You know, I mean, there he's already, he's already had some good distribution already in the past. He's got global suppliers, but Zounds is a big boy. And uh, I used to work for them and I've done some work for Daredevil, yeah. so I'm excited that's about all cool. the stuff that's happened there. Love it. Uh, wanted to mention that. Oh, uh, okay. So this was this was interesting. I watched pedal demo which I don't normally do, Dave. As you know, I, yeah. I watch them sometimes, but I don't always watch them just because it's sort of like it could ruin it for you. It could ruin it, and it's often 
useless in so many ways in terms of the way that it's i'm going to actually try to put that pedal to work right? i agree i agree anyways i watched this demo and i, th- and I want to talk about it a little bit I, okay. thought it was, I thought it was interesting so for it was the pedal company twa which you've probably seen before whether or not you know them by name which i didn't know that it stands for totally wicked audio <laughs> uh but so they make a bunch of stuff Boston that you've guys, probably huh? seen um called First of all, there's the Great Divide Octave Synth. There's the Wah Rocker. I think the one that I have had seen the most in the past is called the Little Dipper. It's the auto. It's an auto one. It has LEDs in the shape of like the Little Dipper on there. Okay. If you saw them, you might recognize them. They're not not a huge brand, but they're you know they've been around. They also have the one that I didn't know about actually that I want to check out because it's called the Triskelion Harmonic Energizer 3.0. Which it's first of all, lack of a mouthful. There. You said that great, man. Uh, thank you. But it's a uh, it's a take on the Systech Harmonic Energizer, which we know our good friend Stingray is a huge fan. Cool. Uh, remember, uh, he's he had loaned it to me for a while. You've heard it. It's a crazy yeah. uh, wild pedal that you can murder somebody with real hard. <laughs> yeah, but right, they have yeah. a version of it, uh, the Triskelion Harmonic Energizer 3.0, that I really want to try now. Okay. But anyways, that's not the pedal we're here to talk about. Oh, okay. The pedal that we're here to talk about is actually a signature pedal for Scott Henderson. Do you know who Scott Henderson is? The name does not ring a bell, but Scott Henderson is one of those guys that's just been like a sort of guitar god, but like two guitarists only for a long time. He's a big time strat guy. I think he's got a signature sir. Is now, he kind of actually. the Chuck Rainey of the guitar world? Uh, not I, I would not, not say he's he's had that many hits okay. or not even close, but like has done a lot of stuff. He's he, I, I believe there's actually if I remember correctly, you know the exotic effects, like mm-hmm. they make the BB pre, yeah. you know, they're, I believe that they actually make a Scott Henderson version of one of their pedals as well. Anyways, this pedal that we're here to talk about today by TWA is called the SH9. So the uh, story is, is that for a long time, Scott Henderson has used the original Maxon SD9. So the same guy who designed the Tube Screamer, Susumu Tamura, designed another pedal back in the day in that same sort of Ibanez Maxon enclosure called the SD9, which was like more of a distortion pedal. Sure. And Scott has used that in his rig for a long time, but there were things about it that he like wanted to change or whatever. Um, he uh, So he went like with them and took made this pedal, which basically, as far as I can tell, change adds more output and then also does some different stuff with the tone controls okay okay so let me for let me start here things i liked about it the demo or the pedal the demo okay because there's two we could break down we will okay great because i, I i'm excited to talk yes. about this the de- the pedal or i'm sorry the demo i the things i liked about it were that scott henderson himself did the demo he did the talk track and he played mm-hmm. and not only that he played his signature guitar into that pedal, into his amp, his normal rig that he always uses, which I think is awesome because a lot of times you'll see signature stuff or you'll like hear a, a pedal made to do a specific yeah. thing, but then it's like the demo that you're listening to wasn't, it didn't, exa- it didn't use all that well, stuff. Well, there's so many variables. There's right? so many variables. Yeah. So they, it was like, here's Scott Henderson's bone tone with Scott Henderson's guitar yes, with and this pedal and with his amp and then him talking about Perfect. it. So thought that was great. Um, I will say I would add this in things that I like, but ultimately may or may not be my favorite thing. This demo also was kind of a reminder that there are definitely people out there 
who hear things that I do not hear. <laughs> well, that is true. And we don't talk about that enough, you know? Frequency we all hear things way differently. So he was going... Things. First of all, I mean, I mean, Scott Henderson, is, he's a man. The dude's an incredible guitarist okay. and, and clearly a master. I've watched plenty of videos of him and stuff in the past. But most of the... Ba- so what he did was he took the original SD9 and then mm-hmm. he took his new SH9 and he had them both plugged in so we could just go back and forth between them and be like oh here like i'm gonna tell you like the things that i tweak so you can hear the differences between these pedals and there were some things he's like okay i'm gonna play these two notes on the d's and the g string that uh you'll clearly hear that how when i use the original pedal it loses some sort of certain whatever definition or something like that and then i'm gonna go to the new pedal and then you can hear where like just specifically on the d and g string you get these uh, the more definition or clarity on the notes and I'll tell you what, dude. He it was didn't. going back and forth, and it was fucking completely indistinguishable to me. Really? Some of the st- I, some of the stuff I definitely heard. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah, of the yeah. stuff I was, I, and I was listening on my fancy yeah. monitors. You know? And you're used to your ears are used to those monitors. So absolutely. it's like this. Yeah. I'm, I understand this listening situation, and some of the stuff I was just like, wow, I fucking hear it at all. <laughs> is, is some of it just marketing then? No, it, I, I genuinely think that he, Scott Henderson he's hearing hears these things, it, and I just could not. Which would make sense. I mean, if you are an outstanding guitar player musician, you are gonna maybe hear things that not everybody can hear. Yeah. You know, frequencies or yeah i mean and look there's a reason scott henderson has a signature pedal with this company and i don't right you know? <laughs> sure, sure but it, it still is just oh my god and and that but then here's another thing that i really like that i wanted to point out and i think that more people should do this in their videos he talked about the way that his cabinet was mic'd for the demo and so he's like so i've got it set up right now like i on like the, that right on the cone like on the dust cap you know, the type of mic he's using. And it was an SM57. Yeah. Like he showed it and he's like, but so I've had to be knowing that. And like he talked, he's the dude, he's a master. He's like, and knowing that I have the tone set this way, but he's like, I want to go, I want to move the microphone. I'll show you like a, a much more sort of a common way where you're like kind of getting a little bit more of the dust or a little bit more of the cone itself in, okay. the, in the way that it's mic'd. And cool. he's like, so I'm going to go to that and then I'm gonna, I'll show you how I would like adjust the tone and how that uh, like adjusts. That's awesome. Coming through. And, and I've never seen someone really do that in a like a product i've demo, never seen it you know i've seen ones like um uh you know reverb or cme will do ones where they they tell you what the chain is sometimes yeah I think, right dude i've watched plenty of like in-depth recording yeah. instructional videos where you know like, they they go through that kind of stuff but in a product video I've not for a pedal I've no never, not for I've a never specific seen that before. thing especially right. not for a pedal right exactly. yeah so yeah wow. i thought that was a really neat little thing that they did there uh, so yeah, we've been talking about TWA this pedal a lot. I've got to say, ultimately, didn't really love the sound of the pedal itself. It's I'm not. It's it's not for me. Did for com- me, com- could you compare it to? Anything it's kind. Of, it's a distortion. It's kind of got like a. I don't know. It's it's kind of it's. I don't want to call it like a rat necessarily, but it has a little bit more of. It's not an overdrive and it's not a fuzz. It has a little bit more of just like a straight distortion, kind of like upper mid fizz thing that isn't always my jam and, mm-hmm. and in fact him playing a strat he was all almost always he had the tone pulled back a lot and then he would kind of move that a little bit but he had the tone pulled back to like three or four that's on yeah. the guitar so like Which that I'd and that's part of his rig you know? yeah right that's part of, and that's another variable again so wow uh you know what i like what do you like for uh pedal demo videos and i, I thought i didn't like them yeah well here's when i like them uh if i'm looking if i'm looking for a specific pedal that's very rare i want a a, a a video that sounds pretty good. Yeah. But I love the ones where the guy's like, oh, this is the new uh, TS9. Uh, you'll see here there's a volume. It's like in with like a camcorder. Yeah. And he's like, there's uh, 
there's a there's ba- like there's the a little VHS wobble on, there. on the bottom. Yeah, and it's just like he's talking really slow, and you look in the video's 13 minutes long, and you're like you have to fast forward six minutes until he actually plays the clang, thing. Clang clang I, clang clang. I realize I fucking love those, man. They're yeah. so funny. So you should start a little, make a little playlist do of like those, little, and then just share it with me so I can watch them. I will. You got it. Uh, here we go. What do we want to talk about next? Oh, uh, yeah. Epiphone's got some new guitars. Do they? That I noticed. Uh, Jerry Cantrell, who has had some signature mm-hmm. Gibbies, you know, that we talked about, I believe the Wino, uh, has now released two signature Epiphone guitars out, okay. into, out into the wild. Electric guitars? Electric guitars. Uh, Jerry and Epiphone work closely together to bring to life his beloved and renowned Les Paul Custom Wino. Uh, to the Epiphone world, and then also make a Les Paul custom prophecy, which is a oh. m- modern collaboration. Are you familiar with the Epiphone prophecy stuff? Uh, maybe was prophecies where they they add it's like you know twenty four fret modern shredder sort of versions of Les Pauls. Mm-hmm. You know where it's yeah, it's got like probably stainless steel frets. And now you're speaking output. my language. Yeah, right. And like a slim down profile and a heel slim taper neck and Active all blah pickups? blah blah. P- perhaps let's see what I've gotten here. Uh, they uh, definitely let's see the wino is not, I know that for sure the wino is just like a straight up Les Paul custom I'm seeing if I have anything about the prophecy you know and I've got that the prophecy is available in a bone white finish but I don't have anything about the pickups on on this here uh, mm. press release that I copied and pasted so I don't, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that okay but they I wanted to mention them because I thought that I just think they look kind of cool yeah the prophecy one is maybe a little borderline butt metal, but like the as if I was if I was in the market for an Epiphone Les Paul custom, it would be tough to pass up the wine. That was all I'm saying. I mean, you don't know how often I just I think about think clicking about that it. buy it now Epiphone custom button. They're so good. They, I think I hear great things. I just you know it was the, the, the snob in me on. is like if I'm like no, I know Dave. You're gonna we're gonna get you we're, we're gonna, gonna get you into a luster. But uh, I will say, I think Epiphone's doing great things, man. There are people that, you know, obviously they're going to say this in ads and stuff like that, but that they're, you know, they're quality guitars. I wouldn't Absolutely. say it's, you know, maybe as good as a Gibson. And I, no, definitely not. But I, we've talked about it before. There, when I, Before I left CME, however many couple of years ago, they yeah. had just come out with a new line of revamped Epiphone Les Paul standards. Yeah. And they were great freaking guitars. Mm-hmm. I think there might even be a video somewhere on the internet of me playing one. I can't remember, but they're they're great. I mean, <clears throat> I was super impressed to go on Sweetwater or Zounds and be like three ninety nine. It's tempting. Free I get shipping? why people do it. Yeah, get, especially if it's like you're a bass player and you just, you just, want, not, you just want like a you little want a bang, you want a banger with some humbies. In That's there. it. Wanted to mention that. Shout out to Epiphone, man. Shout they're, it out. They're, they're making good Dude, stuff. Dude, this was cool too. Uh, you know, I like Electrical Guitar Company as much as I don't necessarily love the feel of them like i thought i would there might i think they might be the coolest looking guitars like on the electrical planet. Guitar? electrical guitar company the metal neck guitar company that oh, yes. owns the travis bean yes rights and all that sort of stuff so they make a bunch of different models i'm sure you've seen their clear acrylic guitars that they oh make. yes indeed i didn't realize this so uh and and they didn't either so their their take on the jazz master body shape is called the series five i didn't know that mm-hmm. but it's i guess it's one of their top sellers it began as a custom order, but then so many players wanted it that it became actually part of their like classic line, they call it, uh, which are all available with the company's aluminum or acrylic bodies. In fact, so many orders came in for that guitar that uh, they thought for sure that someone would have requested an acrylic Series 5. Well, 
turns out that they hadn't. So mm. they just made their first ever acrylic Jazzmaster style guitar, and it looked so fucking cool, dude. You liked I, it? I, 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 oh, I loved it. And it's just straight clear, clear? Clear, clear. Ooh. Yeah. Which I don't know that I've ever seen other, you know, other than this one. Yeah. An acrylic Jazzmaster body I shape before. No, no. Usually it's like a Strat or something. Um, let me ask you this. Can you see the wiring? Because that part yeah. always, that, I, you, that, yeah. that bugs me a little bit. Yeah, there. Not that. I, I, what are you going to do? There's very little it, that right? you can do about it. Yeah. You know, so often, I mean, unless it's shielded and such. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, from the front of a Jazzmaster, no, because it didn't have all the extra like the switches you know, and the, stuff? Uh, the up tops weird right. switches. The, you know, the rhythm circuit that no one ever uses. It's so it's all down. It's not as obnoxious. Sure. Uh, you know, you do still have to have a a. a a portal drilled to run, you know, the uh, ground wires mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So it's not as like unmolested as one might think. There are still there are still sort of like drill lines and stuff in there. Sure. But it's clean. I just I just thought it was super cool. That's bad. But here's the thing. So it was a custom order, and then they're like, "Well, we're just gonna make two. Okay. And then they put it on reverb, and it sold like almost instantly. So they they have a they have a, a group of people who enjoy those guitars. They do. Much. And it's sold Im- immediately for, I looked, I actually went back and through the yeah. sold listings and found it. Cause it wasn't like an oh, easily nice. find, findable thing. I want to, I want to ask you to guess. What do you think? Oh, what do you man. think the, the guitar costs? 3,500. Oh God. I love it when you guess so close. 37. Hey, yeah. And that's what was listed on the thing. I bet, you know, I'm sure they, maybe they offered or something. I, there were, dude, they listed it and then I could see there were like 40 something watchers and then it sold. So it's like, I don't think they even needed to yeah. accept off. That's one I, they, that's one I don't follow, but I might start following those just to, yeah, just to make it they, You know, I, they were for a while. I would have said my dream guitar. I have a framed poster, you know, in the other room, but, um, as much as I love, I still think they're the coolest looking guitars. I've played a few of them now and a number of them. And it, I just don't think metal neck guitars are for me. Yeah. It's not, it's, I, the, there's something about the way they feel that just doesn't work for the way I play. Especially the back of the neck, right? Like it's something, any, everyone that I've played that I've had, I've had issues with all of them and it's always because of the way that the shoulder of the neck, the way that the, the back of the neck transitions into the fretboard. Okay. Uh, that definitely, there's something that doesn't work for my hands. Did you ever go down like a metal slide when you were a kid and it was like hot outside and your legs you stuck stick. to it? I can, oh, I can feel it. rips your skin it. off. Yeah. I feel like to a lesser degree, that would be a similar potential thing that could happen. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The worst. <laughs> with the short shorts on. I've played a, I actually got to play, I don't name drop, a pretty cool famous bands, metal neck guitar. They brought it in. I know who they are. After... It had been out in the cold for there was on oh. tour and it was outside, so I got to play a cold metal neck guitar. And I now know one of the main that was one of the other main complaints about those guitars. That didn't feel kind of nice. If oh, it felt cool, but literally, but like <laughs> it stays that way for a long time, yeah. and then you know that can affect the tuning and things. So, yeah, um, that is, I think be, that's one of the complaints is that they just sort of like retain energy, retain heat or cold. Pretty do those easily. even have truss rods in them? They do not. No. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, they don't need to be adjusted ever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, but I do that. I just, I was, I couldn't believe, like it blew my mind. I was like, Oh, they've never made a clear jazz master. And I guess I'd never seen. Have you ever been a fan master. of the, the Dan Armstrong stuff? Oh, of course. I've yeah. been a fan. I, I got, I, like I met that. Kent Armstrong, his oh, really? son. And, That's cool. You know, met, I feel like I must've told that story in here at some point point. I'll just tell it again. One time I met him at an AM a long time ago, told him how excited. Cause he like, you know, took over the company and then made pickups just, you know, all, all he still makes pickups. And I, you know, I was very, it was, I was like, dude, I was in early in my gear, my gear days. And very excited to meet Kent Armstrong and that like he would want to have a conversation with me. And I was like trying to talk about pickups and stuff. And he 
all he was interested in talking about was guns. Oh, sweet. He just wanted, <laughs> and I knew, I don't know that much about guns now, but I knew way less than, and he yeah. just wanted to talk about rifling okay. and all sorts of different gun stuff. And it was kind of one of those where I just like, you're like, I'm talking I, to him I, though. I, was Kate like, I didn't know what to say. So I just was like slowly sort of backing yeah. away and I was like, well, it's very nice to meet you. And he, but he offered to make me custom pickups. I ever asked. Whoa. I just I never, you know, never That'd be did. Pretty cool. Uh, so yes. Anyways, name dropping. Uh, I do know Dan Armstrong guitars like them. I, would I pay the money for one of those backbreakers right now? Absolutely not. Cause they're yeah. so fucking heavy, dude. Yeah. The bases are short scale. They are shorty boys. Which is cool. Um, if you want that death from above thing, that's what you got. I've have. seen some nasty ones though, where the, the clear turned into yellow, like Ooh, the ones from the late sixties that like the good white Keith Richards was playing and stuff. Ugh. The, the, the reissues are almost kind of cooler than the old ones in the sense that like they're clean, you know, it's, I mean, it's a super neat concept with the interchangeable pickup and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they, and the acrylic, I, yeah, they're just, I'm too old to try to strap an acrylic <laughs> 14 pound guitar into my body exactly i've got that i'm that's what it's one of the things i've super deeply fallen in love with about that 330 is that it's like six and a half pounds dude yes yeah. if it's like to have a beefy sound from such a light guitar is a wonderful thing and for folks listening uh you played me a song today you are still oh. playing still playing the 330 constantly it did not lose any interest over the last three or four oh weeks God, no, it's, dude, it's so good I've, I've 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 flirted with the idea of finally restringing it uh but it's then, <laughs> but then it's like man i just what i if just it's never the same i again? just love how it feels right now yeah. so much and just until you, you know what, last night i got distracted i was gonna finally look up i the, before that i decided to wait to restring it until i buy those little shims i was talking about yep. to raise the um bridge pickup up a right. little bit and i and i was gonna do that last night and totally forgot until this moment so that oh, there you go. I forgot. But also, yeah, then I just wrote what I think. I've written a couple songs then already, but I, I've written the first thing that I think is actually like pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. And I play it for you today. So I was like, it's got some, it's got some tunes in it. Yeah. It's got some cool delay going on. And you know what I love about songs with delay is when they, um, when it really sets like the literally and figuratively like the tempo of the song. Like oh, it's, exactly. It's like, oh, the whole song, I already hear a beat. Like, in, in the that's the thing with it is I have to hit when I start yeah. the re- I hit the string so I can hear the tempo of the delay That's because awesome. otherwise if I don't do that it's going to be wrong It'll right sound like but you can build the whole boost. song around that now that's know? that's that's what happened good shit man and 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 folks listeners far and wide that pedal that that we're talking about that delay pedal was actually sent to us by one of our lovely listeners so thank you again for that that was so freaking still cool. being put to use it's, it's basically every day it's 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 just like kind of a not great sounding digital delay, but it sounds cr- really cool. Like it's not like a quote unquote good clean delay. It's sure. just kind of like uh, kind of nasty, but I really have grown to yep. quite like how it That's sounds. That's the DOD, by the way. For the Dodd DFX yeah. 91 digital delay sampler. And, and, and that sampler is a pretty fun thing that I use. That's what I honestly mostly use it for. I turn it off because that pedal's kind of quirky. Like if you, if you have it on the sampler setting, it's always on. Like you mm-hmm. can't turn it off because the foot switch basically like catches the sample. So in order to turn the pedal off, I had to turn it to like a different setting, which is just a regular digital delay. And and then I started playing that riff, and I was like, oh shit. And so, yeah, the little, the little serendipities that happen with with the. I love just I love coming over, you know. And uh, once a week here, and it's just out. And I'm like, oh, he's writing songs on it, man. He's shredding that thing. It still is. I think it, no, it 
definitely is my favorite guitar you own still. So <sighs> I know it's up for debate. I'm not shitting on it. Any no, I know. I, it's okay. I get it. But that thing is just too fucking cool it's for school. It's too cool. Yeah. It's too cool. And you just school. don't see them ever either. So that's, I've never seen a black yeah. 330 in my life until this one. No, yeah. it's mine. Let's talk about some more of this stuff. Oh, this is a little thing I wanted to get in real fast. I don't know if this is happening or not, but a big name or, well, big enough name in the Euro rack world might be shutting down uh, Mutable Instruments, uh, a company that is, I think, mostly known for, they've, they've made a number number of modules. I think Beads is probably the one that, like, people, it's, you know, almost, I wouldn't call it ubiquitous, but a lot of people love it. Um the uh, owner, when asked in March whether a second version of Elements, one of their other synths, would be produced, they, they responded, no new module, module is being prepared. I won't design new modules and prog- production is progressively stopping. Modules are marked as discontinued when the last shipment is sent to dealers. Here's the thing, though, and the reason I wanted to bring it up, which because it's a bummer anytime a company that, you know, close, like, that makes things that people really like closes down. But the reason I think that there's some, still some sort of silver lining here is that, fortunately, all of Mutable Instruments designs are open source. So should you actually want to get your hands on any one of their modules that you've ever made and, and that they've ever made and you have the means to solder some stuff, you all the plans are out there. That's fucking cool. Right? Yeah. So even though they're no longer a company that like, have lives at it, on, man. which I think and, and I and I'm not positive, but I think it's I think it's always been open source. Who knows if that had something to do with it? Um I will add also as GearBuds prices are going to go up on those the original mm-hmm. stuff right that's going to have to happen i think we could predict the weather on that one yeah, yeah. so hailstorm if you were thinking about getting any of their you know very useful Eurorack stuff <clears throat> it might be too late but check now because now's the time yeah they just uh, announced that yeah okay yeah so this, this has been a thing that's been sort of you think you could build one of those things i could definitely not from like i couldn't i couldn't take the schematic and just and then just build it because well first of all in order for it to fit in something the size of the euro rack you need a printed circuit board like you need something that's been designed gotcha. to have all the stuff like i couldn't just like build well, a you could order that or something i don't i am not personally good enough to take a schematic and then translate that design to a circuit board in i think CAD. eagle is the software i think okay. people use for that sure. but it's like it's cad yeah. right um but I could take if someone else made a circuit board, I could absolutely populate it and yeah. you know get get that shit rolling for kind sure. I think I could learn how to do the schematic to circuit board thing, but I just don't have the time or patience currently. And and enough people do and are very good at it that like there are so many projects out there that I could just buy and make that yeah. I don't really feel motivated to. I hear that. Do that. Got to prioritize. Uh, last thing I want to talk about. This is a little thing we can close out with, and I and something that I saw. I've seen actually popping up. I've seen it creep up a few times on the web recently, and it's something I want to talk about with you specifically. But any, if you've had any experiences with this, but basically, we'll talk about a, a couple forum posts that I saw, and I want to get your thoughts on nice. them. And I will call this section uh, "caveat emptor," buyer beware, or as you would say it in Latin, "caveat." But you know, mm-hmm. no one wants to hear that. Uh, so this thread that I saw, it was probably the gear page or less bottom. Let's see. I think this one. Okay, this one. This one specifically came from the gear page. And it was about this this guy who basically wanted to buy an old a used guitar that was for sale at Guitar Center, and 
Okay. Things happen. Pretty standard. Uh, so starting off pretty. He cool. heard it was an 87 or 88 Ibanez Gem set. And he was going to order it from there online? He was going to go there. Oh, okay. But he saw it online. Sure. And so it was a specific classic Gem 7 string that are now very expensive and blah, blah, blah. And it was listed at a pretty fair place, price. And in the ad listed specifically original case and original pickups in the original case. Now, this is the online ad, because I will from add, Guitar Center. For, for people who don't know, Guitar Center's descriptions are garbage. Well, and this is kind of where we're going. Yeah. So original gem cases, according to this, are extremely valuable in their own right at this point, like $600 plus. So the dude was like, well, shit, like, this, this is a good deal. Let's go. making money on this thing. So um, it had the original Pink Demarzios, with, so he's like, worth a gamble had he had them it was at a different guitar center he had them ship it to his local sure. guitar center sure. which I've, is a thing i've you done can that do. yep and then you can you know inspect it or reject it or whatever called them had them do it had them at the original location had them look and say like is the original case with the pickups and stuff there they said yep all good comes back guys like oh, you know sorry i don't I, it doesn't like i don't see a case with this i'll give you a roadrunner or whatever oh so but they but he called and they said it was all there right so, so it seems like somebody snatched it. someone might have snatched it or what happened what also happened is to, to your point poopy descriptions like maybe the person didn't actually look had no idea what they were talking about with the original case this was the, what happened so the the sort of backstory on the guitar is that this was a customer return guitar so like someone bought it from Guitar Center and then returned it to mm. Guitar Center. So it seems and like... they have no qualms about just throwing that shit right people back. People might, ha- might, might be doing this thing. And there are a couple more examples that I could get into of this where Ooh. people are like buying something valuable, like a used thing, returning it, but then keeping, keeping that case. the case yep. or the original electronics Taking or something. Taking the pickups out. Oh, it's so shit. And then Guitar Center or someone else... They just use the old description. Could go out... Or, or even if they weren't using the old description, they might just be stupid and like who knows who is actually doing the right. intake or whatever. Right. Didn't bother to like un- understand what they're ta- what original case means. Maybe to them because it came back in this case, original case just means whichever case it came back yeah. in. Either way, seems like this is happening same the, when I, there was another ex- example i was reading about where someone was talking about where they bought a john mayer strat so it was a customer return they bought the guitar turns out that the even though it had specifically said that it still had the original big dipper pickups in there someone so, had stolen the pickups out swapped them with like whatever crappies and kept them yeah that uh, is whatever. so fucked up i'm curious dave have yes. you ever experienced anything like this um well i can tell you two things one i do go on guitar center used once in a yeah. while which I've, I've sent you listings now i, I will say this buyer buyer beware because like you know I'm, I'm on the hunt for a les paul and, and sometimes you do find good deals i saw like an 86 les paul the other day for like 2200 bucks and that's a good number no right fucking there. shit i mean you know that's almost a three thousand yeah. it was a standard but like that's it's oh they're over 2500 mm-hmm. at least right so you know, not an amazing deal, but like definitely that's, that's below in market. the in below market. So I go to the description and it just says comes with hard case. Yeah, that's right. it. I mean, if you read those guitar center descriptions, it's not more than one sentence. You don't know if there's been a break, if there's been a refund, yeah, if there's I'm, been a I'm surprised, new electronics, anything. I'm surprised the one with that guy. Uh, with the gem, it, it said original pickups. Even mm-hmm. like they don't even usually disclose that. I think it's because those guitars had literally pink pickups, so yep. like you, you know, it's hard to fuck that up. Now I have a, I actually purchased a uh, seventy-two jazz bass from Guitar Center used once that I saw mm-hmm. online. 
Um, I got super excited. They did send me more photos of it at, when I asked. So that was cool. And that you could tell they were at Guitar Center, like it was on like the thing. So the salesman, you know, went and like took pictures of it and sent me photos like, mm-hmm. you know, through my email or whatever it was. So this was cool. We had a whole dialogue going. Um, but he didn't take off the pick guard or anything. And But it, I got it for such a good deal. I want to say it was like, and it was stripped finish. So it was, uh, you know, 1400 or something like that, 1200 Dang. Pretty good deal, you know, because you go, well, well, the neck now is like, You wouldn't get that deal. You wouldn't get it today for sure. And this is maybe, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Anyways, I go pick the thing up and they're kind of like, all right, you know, you have a 48 hour window. If Mm. you want to return it, no questions asked. We will give you your money back. So one, I I ended up doing that because I took it to Jeff Benj, who was like, Oh, this neck is fucked. Mm-hmm. Like I tried playing it and I was like, this feels a little weird. It wasn't crazy. I've played some some janky guitars, but I was like, this is, you know, it's a little was bit Was it twisted? It wasn't only twisted, it was fishtailed. What which is mean? like you can imagine what it means. The the headstock is literally leaning outwards instead of being in a straight line. Which oh, Fender dear. headstocks aren't perfectly straight, but they're there's a little bit of an angle. Yeah. But it was like you could see the logo from where we were sitting. Oh, it was no. kinda like and it's kind of something you don't notice when you're really excited to get of something like that. Oh, so, so then I, you know, and I didn't, I didn't assume the pickups were original, but I opened it up. I popped the pick guard off. So, which, you know, for people who know jazz bases, you can take the pick guard right off. Mm-hmm. You don't have to undo any electronics or anything. It just slides right off. And sure enough, there is not, somebody went to town with a router on this thing. Dude. Like the whole inside was just not just chopped out for like a humbucker or something. It was completely gutted. There was like a hole in the middle of the Big fucking swimming guitar. pool route. Big swimming pool, fucking Olympic size. And then the pickups were obviously replaced and all this shit. And it didn't sound that great. And But I took it to Jeff. Even after I saw that, because I was like, well, original, I'll put some original pickups in it. It'll still be a cool player. It was kind of, you know, a good weight. Then I brought it to Jeff, uh, who's a renowned tech here in Chicago. And he's like, can you still return this? Yeah. And I was like, I have about 24 hours to return. <clears throat> he goes, you should go there right now. Well, so I guess that's a, that's a great tip then. If you are going to do something like this, do it, have somebody on deck that you can actually bring I did. it to, yep. you know, like, and, and, and what happens if you buy it on a weekend and the shop's closed, then you're kind of yep. screwed. Like yep. that. So be careful but here's, in that, in that way. And here's the bad side of that. Somebody could buy that, do what they want with it in 48 hours, bring it back and get their money back. And it just goes keep back the pickups. Those. Keep sure. The tuners, and they don't fucking whatever. know. Like I said, the guy took pictures of it, but he didn't take the neck off. I knew what the neck looked like. So I knew it was original, but he didn't take it apart. He just took, better pictures of what they had on the website for Dude, i'll tell you what this whole thing like i never thought about this before it yeah. made me really Ske- nervous about buying from anybody any sort of shop that isn't like clearly expert you know that yep. has people on hand that are trustworthy but also knowledgeable yep and and you know even buying private now you know yeah so I, when you're buying private, if you don't know yourself, like I was like, if I'm buying something from someone else and I know that I'm not an expert on it, then I just assume that like, oh, if there's something that's been swapped, then that's on me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if you're like buying from Guitar Center and it says original this, original that. In their one with their three letter or three word description. And I know, and, yeah. and now I don't I don't know if I ever would at this point. Um, that seems crazy. Well, like, I think I, people that this and I've like I said, there is I've seen I've, I've, there are a bunch of stories yeah. of this sort of stuff of people buying you stuff from GC, stealing out the because of their return from policy. GC, yep. sw- swapping out the valuable parts and then returning. I'll it. tell you what, man, because um, I follow a few groups on like the Facebook and some of these forums and stuff for like Les Pauls and mm-hmm. people are often being like, hey, I just bought this custom. Does this look right? And it's like, no, nope. it's not. And I guess I, I, of course, we hold it, we know the whole Chibson thing and everything mm-hmm. and like how good they're getting with some of those, which sure. you sent me the article for that one fellow who was making professionally 
That's right. copies of you know actual legit guitars, which mm-hmm. is still blows my mind because um, I don't know enough about Gibsons. But my point is now I'm getting worried. Like, oh shit! Like I can't just pull the trigger on something. I've got to like really talk to the guy, figure out what's going on, maybe bring you in on it. Obviously, bring you in on it. Um, you know, you got to do your research, especially if you're dropping two thousand, three thousand dollars on mm-hmm. something. You know, so yeah, it's no it's no small investment, especially for something that you want to spend time bonding with you know it's like it's not like a television or something it's like a very personal sort of purchase for us well gear buddies my dad gave me some some good advice when i was very young and it still carries over today if it's too good to be true it usually is that's right um although that didn't work out with my 62p bass and i I showed him that, but my point is, yeah. But you also, yeah, you got to roll the dice sometimes too. Sometimes, but to you get, also to get but, those real. But guess deals. how much research I did before I went and picked that up. All the it research. Was, it was I couldn't sleep for like Enough three to days. Start a podcast about it. <laughs> First episode, go tune into Gear Hunks podcast. <laughs> so I will say this, man. That sucks. Those guys got burned. Hopefully, he got his money back. You know, but here's I, here's the thing I didn't think about till you just told me this: is people are are using that forty eight hour return policy uh, yep. to take whatever they want out of it. Let's say it's got gray bottom pickups or something from an old pre-CBS, yeah. you know, or whatever, a CBS jazz bass or, you know, jazz master, and then just put some $40 Squire pickups in it and give it back. Scuff them up. They're them never going to, they're never going to notice, man. Even if you just take, even if you, you leave the even, original covers yeah, on. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. And that's terrible. So, you know, anybody who's listening, to, don't please, give God. me ideas. I don't, bad you know what, karma, I don't think though. any of our, no, I don't, I don't, I think our, our listeners would, would, would also, but it's good to know that us. those people are out there. Have you had any experiences like that? Dude, I haven't, but now it makes me scared. You know, yeah. like I, I, I don't think so. I've, I don't, I, maybe, maybe. And I just didn't know, but yeah. I, not that I'm not that I'm aware of at this point, you know? So yeah. it's, I guess ignorance is bliss in that way. But I, yeah, knowing about that, that weird policy and like how, these places work I, I don't think i'd ever i don't certainly wouldn't buy something like real valuable where it's important that things are original yeah I, I wouldn't do it at this point yeah i i go on that when sometimes when the when the reverb well runs dry i'll jump into the the used guitar mm-hmm. center thing just to check it out because once in a while they do list things that they don't really know you know according to yeah. some magazine or whatever they're using to diamonds like, in the rough baby uh you know i've seen some nice like little ampeg b15s for like a thousand bucks or something mm-hmm. you know which in an amp i mean yeah you might want to replace the speaker anyways and you know how 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 modified can it possibly be before it's not original anymore? But um, that's a question for the ages, isn't it? If you replace every single plank of a ship while it's uh, in, it the, in the harbor, the, is it still the same ship? It's the soul of the ship, doesn't it? I don't know. If you believe in souls, you know? <laughs> and that, my friend, is where I think we're gonna end this. Woo, episode. That was a banger, it was, it was dude. A hot banger. Super excited about that one. Uh, thanks for doing with me, buddy. I just wanted to thank you, man. Just, to just thank you for for being such a good friend and co-host, and let you know I love you. And, I love you too, buddy. And, I needed uh, this, man. It was a long week, and I hope our listeners uh, have a great week. Yeah, if, whenever you're listening to this, you know, just have a great time. And uh, if you did make it this far in the episode, thank you so much because uh, this might've been a banger and uh, might've been a beefer too. Beefer. And if you are still here, why don't you go make some music? Bye-bye.